Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Rusty Quill presents.
The Cellar King finally looked up at me, his cryptic words of warning hanging in the air like pungent smoke. What the hell are you talking about? Run like hell from who? This spider black person? And what did you mean by I didn't even know where I was? Before he could answer, something mechanical and massive thundered from above. It doesn't matter now. It's already too late. Immediately after he spoke, the woman's dream began to collapse. Pills stood up and withdrew into the burgeoning darkness, walking backwards, his eyes on me the entire time, a crooked smile lifting his cheeks. And then he was gone. I should have realized he'd have some command over dream, given the nature of his exopathy. But at that moment, I was more concerned with what was making all the racket. Whatever it was, it wasn't coming from the dream. It was coming from outside, from above the silentage. Abandoning the imploding dream, I walked back to the plastic tunnel that connected the spire to the silentage proper, to see what I could see. The instant I stepped into the makeshift tunnel, beyond the pale matter walls, I was belted by an incredibly strong psychic probe. I'd never felt such a powerful mind before. Before I knew it, I'd fallen to my knees, hands pressed tight to my aching temples. It was as if a massive hand had reached down from the sky and seized my mind in a vice-like grip, wringing out my thoughts like a wet sponge. But I wasn't without defenses. Caught off guard though I was, my mind was not a typical one. Back at the lab in New Vic, there was never any shortage of psychics. They'd get sent in all the time, assisting with the orderly examination of this or that hypno-study. Quite a few of them, and on far more than one occasion, felt like their abilities gave them license to wander around people's minds, all willy-nilly-like. But telepathy didn't exactly work as intended upon me, as I was about to demonstrate to whatever was trying to squeeze me for information. Telepathy works best on the waking mind, where thoughts are more coherent and focused, prioritizing only a few data streams. But deeper down, into the unconscious, the mind becomes a mess of countless and chaotic streams of thoughts and images and memories and feelings. While telepathy can reach down there, it's often out of its depth, blindly grasping at so much cognitive smoke. I didn't possess any kind of normal waking states. I was all deep sea and no shallows. I let the powerful momentum of the invading mind carry it deeper into my mind weaving a web of sleep around it the entire time, cinching it to the strongest dream I could muster. The picture the psychologist had in her notebook, specifically the spider descending from the corner of its web, informed my creation, and the dream became a network of thick, gobby webs, and I, a spider, nestled deep within her silken hidey hole. My multiple eyes whispered blue light across the shape struggling within my psychic webs. It was largely indistinct, but for a hulking humanoid outline. I could feel the thing's unbelievable mental strength where it sought to tear free from its enclosure. Before it could free itself, I decided to do my own probing. My voice came out as a venomous hiss. Who or what are you, creature? The massive figure held still, two bright white-hot points of light, precisely where its eyes should have been 
began to sear through my webbing. What a tricky little bug you are, luring me into your trap. But, as to who I am, why, I am your friend, come to save your precious project. We were just scanning the area around your facility when I found you, your mind. Yours was the only presence I detected, for the walls of your home are proof against my power. So you're from the Consortium of Doors, is that it? Indeed I am. And while I very much enjoy speaking with you, I prefer to do it somewhere besides this web of yours. Where we can see each other for whom we really are. In an instant, the creature's eyes burned away the web spun from sleep and phantasm, the immense power of its mind scattering the dream to the four corners of sleep. And then it was gone. But like any clumsy creature sunk to the depths of dream, it left a few pieces of itself behind. I could see the residuum of the creature's mind, although far sparser than I'd hoped, where it still clung to the strands of glistening silk. Yet, I had far bigger fish to fry, like telling Isaiah and Mesmer that Pills wasn't restrained by the pale matter. Standing back up, I was drawn to the sight of several large flying vehicles of some type, making wide circles around the silentage, pressing incredibly bright spotlights to the shifting white landscape. Whoever these consortium people were, they were a careful bunch. And while I didn't know precisely what I'd netted in that dream web, I was reasonably certain at least one of them wasn't human. Once back inside the silentage, the place was abuzz with activity and gigantic metal behemoths. I assumed the towering metal hulks were from the consortium, but that didn't make them any less menacing. The thing stood at least eight or nine feet tall and almost as wide, and the hardware they packed looked straight out of a goddamn science fiction movie. They seemed to be standing guard, observing Mesmer's staff where they raced around, doing the will of our potential benefactors. I guessed the inspection was of the surprise variety and currently in full swing. It took a little looking, but I finally found Mesmer, my brother, close-talking at the entrance to the main lab, Illinol looming over them where they likely exchanged sardonic views about the current situation. <laughs> my news wasn't going to make the situation any less uncertain. What was it that woke you up? The gigantic weaponized hovercrafts or the uh, massive armor brigade? Gentlemen, we have a problem. Oh no. Now what? Pills isn't secured. What? The Sela King? He's escaped? Sort of. His power doesn't appear to be affected by the stone. And in addition to his known exopathy, he appears to possess hypnopathic abilities. I just ran into him in a dream. A dream he was largely controlling. But... How is that even possible? The pale matter is supposed to be proof against any form of reality manipulation. 
I'd have to assume it's because his exopathy somehow comes from within rather than without our reality. And this also means he's been free to do whatever the whole time he's been here. There's no telling what he might have been up to. Christ, the timing couldn't be worse either. These consortium guys are turning the place upside down. If the Sela King's done something untoward, and they discover it, that's likely it for any prospect of a sponsorship, to say nothing of the consequences to the project itself. What about the puzzle box? Could that keep his mind from, I don't know, wandering around? No. No, I don't believe so. What we understood about his exopathy suggested he could bypass the machine, as his heightened cognitive states were too chaotic for the machine to synchronize with. We had to have a small team of experts in cryptopsychology and neurology design the Palestone cellar apparatus we've been keeping him in. They assured me it would work. Well, it's not the first time science underestimated its subject. What about Dr. Haskell? Could she figure something out? It is possible, though I'm fairly certain what she'll recommend. You see, our initial ideas concerning his containment were pharmaceutical in nature. Something like hypnodecelerants. Exactly. Like many hypnopaths, he has a distinctly abnormal biochemistry, his vital statistics ranging far below normal, though suffering none of the typical ailments associated with such sluggish biologics. We assume this to be one of the key aspects to a hypnopath's ability to achieve profound states of mental decoherence. The hypnodecelerants, contrary to what they might sound like, actually speed up the brain, using its serotonergic systems to accelerate neural kinetics, which in turn limits or even extinguishes hypnopathic states. But you decided against it because that class of drug has been known to cause structural changes within the brain, and you didn't want to risk breaking whatever makes pills tick. Exactly. We need his ability to tap into the collective unconscious, to understand the dim from the inside. If we chemically castrate his ability, he's useless, and we've lost a major asset in the prevention of what's to come. What about me, my uh, pale field? Even if he is using normal, natural channels to escape the Pale Stone, my ability can go a lot farther than that. I've been able to reduce all but the most basic physical systems to a crawl. It's about the only option we have, at least if we want to preserve any of his potential. Alright then, I'll head down, keep a lid on him, provided my power works, that is. I'd also recommend not breathing a word of this any further than us. The Consortium brought in a major league psychic. I ran into him, or it, right before I found you guys. I don't know who these guys are, Doctor, but I get the feeling you might have gotten yourself more than you bargained for. <sighs> I can't help but agree, but there's no turning back now. And besides, the chance to halt the dim spread, and what it ultimately portends, more than justifies the risk. Speaking of the Consortium, I don't think we've met this guy yet. Isaiah nodded in the direction of another hulk of armor and gun. 
except this one's getup was all polished white with brass highlights, its helmet cast in the likeness of a wild boar. The thing was marching up the hallway, flanked by similarly attired, though slightly less decorated armored figures. I presume you are Dr. Albertus Mesmer? The male voice, while modulated through the suit, was deep and powerful, and I could feel waves of psychic might surging from behind his helm. This was the creature I'd encountered earlier. Yes, I am. I don't think we've met officially, have we? I am Astorian. I am the leader of the armored division you see around you. I was sent to make certain our envoy was well protected. On that count, I would like to see the schematics of the Silentage. I realize that it is a obscurum and likely incompletely understood. But surely you have maps and such. A pleasure to meet you, Astarian. And yes, we have plenty of maps and such. For a moment, the armored giant lifted its head, gears and servos hissing quietly, meeting the invisible though thoroughly appreciable stare of Illinol, who inched slightly forward menacingly. The armored giant looked casually back down at Mesmer, his indifference to the big minder equally tangible. Excellent then. I would also like to meet with your chief of security, so that I might review your defense capabilities and protocols. Of course. I'll have Mr. Duluth summoned immediately. And if you should require anything else, I'm more than happy to supply whatever I can. Thank you. Your cooperation is appreciated. Say, what do you call those armors you guys are wearing? Never seen anything quite like them. They are Class 5 Magus armors. Fully flex-plated and environmentally sealed. And you wouldn't have seen them before. We make them ourselves. My, uh, compliments to the tailor. Cause they certainly look spiffy. There was something off about the massive armor. At least the one this Asterian was wearing. While unlikely, the thing seemed to exude its own psychic aura. Though it was oddly flat. While my hypnopathic abilities were barely a poor man's telepathy, I could usually detect the presence of fellow mentalists, their minds giving off a sort of vibration that I could detect. Yet the vibration always fluctuated, outlining the user's moving thoughts and feelings. The armor's seeming psychic aura, while powerful to say the least, was entirely static. I had no idea what it meant. Direct your Mr. Duluth to meet me at the side gates. I have to oversee the arrival of my last team. A very direct fellow, uh, Mr. Estarian. He is also the one who I met, mind to mind, before I found you two. The Inhuman? Pretty sure of it, yeah. Well... He's not the first Inhuman to step beyond the Pale Stone Threshold, and very likely, far from the last. At any rate, you two take care of Pills, and I'll see to our many and sundry guests. Keep me appraised. I'll be sure to keep my earpiece in. We're on our way.
Aside from my brief exchanges with the guy, I hadn't really gotten a sense of the Cellar King. Though, from what little I'd gleaned, it was safe to say he was a little on the haughty side, which never went down with me on a personal level, but was always a welcome personality trait in the exos I hunted. The cockier, the better. Nothing makes a target easier to square than when you know they think they're above the fray. Still, this particular nut job had tricks that had the brain trust still scratching its collective head. And unpredictability was the absolute worst trait to have in a target. Here we are, yet another foreboding set of stairs. I'll take a flight of cellar steps over a black staircase any day. <laughs> Great, now you jinxed us. You mean there was a time when we weren't jinxed? Hold on, I'll get the door. I'll head down first, in case he tries to pull something and I have to pop him with my field. <sighs> One conversation with this guy and you'll want to pop him with your fist. Pretty much par for the course for these guys, let me tell you. And yet another security door. I guess Mesmer wasn't taking any chances with this guy. Ah, oh, fuck. We got guards down over here. Oh, Christ. What did he do to them? Looks like he flipped their brains over in their skulls. For whatever reason. He turned them cellar side up. Probably so no one was confused as to who killed these two. <laughs> like no one could guess. Cute. Yeah, he's not in here. No sign of how he managed to get out, either. You think he somehow got wind of what we were up to? Oh, maybe, but there's no telling with that guy. I'm gonna call it into Mesmer. Make sure to use the coded channel. I wouldn't put it past the consortium to monitor our communications. Good idea. We've got another problem. Pills murdered two guards and is on the loose. Good God. Oh, you, you need to find him at once. Do whatever you have to. We can't let him be discovered under any circumstances, or this whole situation could turn on us. I have to go, but keep me appraised, and good luck. Well, you're officially an exo-hunter again. Which is good, because I have no idea where a lunatic with access to the Collective Unconscious might go next. Oh shit. Shane. He was the one who captured pills in the first place. Come on, dickhead, pick up. You need to get the hell out of bed and grab those heirlooms of yours. Pills broke out. You fucking kidding me? Yeah, this is one of my famous prank phone calls. No, I'm not kidding. He's already mutilated two guards. And if he's the vindictive type, he's probably headed your way. 
me. This time I'll put him in a pine box instead of a prison cell. We need him alive, if possible. Anyway, sober up and stay frosty. Romy and me will be there in just a few. Alright, Dan. God damn, I can't catch a break around here. Shane appears to be fine, for better or worse. And we're gonna need him, too. He knows Pills' patterns better than us. Isaiah, we need to be especially careful. When I talked with Pills in that dream, he made out like we were in some serious danger here. Granted, I don't know if he was just trying to get to me or what, but a guy like that prides himself on being right. We made it through two bulges in a city filled with pain-eating monstrosities. And that's not even the whole of it. We'll make it through this, too. Now, let's go find that asshole. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia. 